morning? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Great. So um, uh, let's all stand. And I want to issue the challenge right now instead of waiting until um, the end. Uh, I want to issue the challenge right now instead of waiting until the end. And, and, and the challenge is, is that you would dedicate your mouth to the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Your speech, not your tongue and your teeth, because that's not the issue. But you would, this instrument right here that God has blessed us with, that right now you would say, God, I dedicate my mouth to you. I didn't really expect you to repeat that, but <laughs> you can. Uh, so the, the challenge is, is as, as the song that, that we sang this morning was about giving my life away so you can use me. And if we're going to give our life away so he can use us, he's got to use this. And so we need to give this to him daily, daily. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just uh, thank you for the, for the atmosphere in this place this morning, for your, your manifested presence. Lord, when the, when the belief, Jesus, you said when two or more gathered together, just two, that there would be a, a manifestation of your presence that is cool. And you're here, Lord. You're here. We, we, uh, we sense your presence in this place. And uh, uh, Jesus, you promised that you would be in our midst when we gather together. And so we thank you for being here. And Lord, we just, um, um, we just right now, Lord, we just want to offer our mouths to you and, uh, and say, God, um, use it as you would sanctify it, O oh God. Cleanse our mouth, God. Just as in um, Isaiah, when there was a coal that the angel took from the altar and it put it not on his heart, but on his mouth, that he would go and speak your words. And so, Lord, we just, um, we cannot do it without your help because it is a restless evil. It is, it is, um, our tongue is two-faced. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're fork-tongued, Lord. And, and we want you to pierce our tongues and we want you to use our words for your glory and for your great name. And if you are in agreement with that this morning, would, would you say amen? Amen. Give someone a high five and have a seat if you would, please. Amen. All right. So, um, <clears throat> Brother Dave is not here, so I can share this story. I'll probably share it anyway. Yes. Yes. No, I'm good. I'm good with this. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. So, so, um, so when I was a rookie youth pastor, you know, like, like, like when you're a rookie pastor, but especially a rookie youth pastor, you make all kinds of mistakes. And, and if you don't have someone mentoring you going, okay, what? <laughs> okay, listen, it's probably not a good idea to pick up a bunch of kids in a pickup truck from North Las Vegas in the back and bring them to church. You probably can't do that on the freeway. All right. Don't, don't do that. I know, but yeah. so anyway, we don't do that stuff anymore, by the way. But 
so we went on this missions trip, and there were, uh, it, was, it was like our first missions trip in forever. And we went down to Mexico, and we, I don't know, we had like 27, 20, we had a grip of people, a bunch of people. And, uh, and, and actually, it was in our second missions trip. And we took a bunch of youth down, same thing, just a bunch of people, right, like 30 people. It was actually too many people, you know, for the little place we went to. It was like people standing around going, what do you want me to do? Anyway, I don't know. Um, uh, sweep that uh, again. But uh, anyway, uh, so, so we had some youth. And, and you have to think, this is prior to everyone having a cell phone. I know you young people are going, man, what are you talking about? Like, were there dinosaurs on the earth at that time? No, no, but it was, it was a long time. It, not, you know, it wasn't like everybody, like, like one person had a cell phone, it was this big, you know, also was really good if you were in a fight, you know, or if you had to run for, you're fleeing in danger, you could hit someone with it and you get away, no doubt, and throw it at someone, I don't know. So anyway, so, so, so communication wasn't quite what it was, and I was a rookie youth pastor anyway, okay? Uh, so cut me some slack. So you guys, some of you are judging me already, um, I can tell. So, um, <clears throat> you know, the... We didn't quite, and we were, we were in Mexico, we didn't, we didn't quite have the return time nailed down. We, we didn't. You know, it was kind of like we'll be back within, between like 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It, it wasn't like nailed down. And so in Mexico, you know how things go when you go on a missions trip, really no matter where you go, things don't always pan out the way that you expect, and there's delays and Certain things are happening, and, and I guess there was some parents, one in particular who's not here this morning, who uh, was getting a little bit antsy about getting back, and like, well, when are you guys coming back, and what's the holdup, and I don't understand, and so, so his daughter comes to me and says, you got to talk to my dad, he's really upset. I go, upset at what? Because he wants to know when we're coming back. I go, I don't, you know, I can't, I go, well, I'll go into the office and I'll give him a call, Okay. And so, um, you know, and, you know, dial the number, international call, blah, blah, blah. And, and I had him on speakerphone, you know, no big deal. And I, and I go, hey, Mr. So-and-so, hey, you know, sorry, I know. We, I know I told you we'd be back by 2 o'clock, but, you know, there's, there's, a, there's just a lot of people. And, you know, we're in Mexico, and things don't always, aren't like this all the time, you know. And so we're going to be late. And, well, what time are you going to be? Well, you know, I don't know. And. We'll pull off on the side of the road when we get to Baker or something, and we'll call you. I, we'll, we'll do our best to let you know. Well, you know, I'm just not happy with this, and da, 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 and I went. And, you know, of course, I'm, like, doing like this, right, as he's speaking. <laughs> now, here's what I do. So, so, I, so, you know, so he says goodbye, and, and I'm like, okay, well, sorry. And we'll, you know, we'll, we'll let you know, and, 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 and I go, oh, my gosh, man. I mean, I'm over here doing, we're doing the best we can, man. I mean, I'd like to see this dude take 30 people down to Mexico and try to get back by 2 o'clock. I mean, come on. And he goes, uh, Richie, are you still there? I went, oh, <laughs> no, 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 oh, 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 click. Ah. Gosh, is it just me, or have you ever said anything that you just so wish you could just like, like, I don't know, the matrix or something, like you could just scoot back in time and take those words and, whoo, whoo, and bring them back into your mouth? And, and, 
Don't you wish you could do that? Lord, can I have the last three minutes over again? Nope. Nope, sorry. You said it. No. You know, and so we got back, and, you know, I was had a big chunk of humble pie, and I said, sorry, man. I'm real sorry. He goes, oh, you think you, oh, and he had some fun with it, and uh, you know who I'm talking about? Uh, it, it's, it's, it's your boy, man. It's your boy. Yeah, anyways, I, I'm just, uh, not your son, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and so Aesop's fable, one of his fables was, once upon a time, there was a, a donkey found in lion skin, and he tried it on and strutted around and frightened many of the animals, and soon a fox came along, and the donkey tried to scare him too, but the fox hearing the donkey's voice, said, if you want to terrify me, you'll have to disguise your bray or your, your, your sound. And the moral to Aesop, this particular fable is, clothes may disguise a fool, but his words will give him away. <laughs> yeah, amen? Yeah. Uh, okay, so um, we're doing this series on the power of words and the influence of words. Um, uh, there's so much in the Word of God about words and our speech. Um, Stephen Covey wrote this, Words have an inherent power, a force capable of lighting one's paths and horizons. Used correctly and positively, words are the first building blocks for success and inner peace. Used incorrectly and negatively, they are capable of undermining even the best of intentions. Uh, uh, King Solomon, uh, the wisest man who ever lived, of course, aside from Jesus, uh, wrote in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You're so dumb. You're ugly. You can't do anything right. Why can't you be like your older sister? You're never going to be able to do it. You know what? You don't have what it takes. You're lazy. You'll always be lazy. You're ugly. What kind of Christian are you? Just give up. God's not with you. You know what? You'll never break free from this thing that has you trapped. You'll never get out of it, ever. Don't even try. Words. Most of us have heard, have heard words like that in some form, at some time, or another. We've been rejected. We've been talked about negatively. You could be having a great day, and then maybe you hear something that someone says about you. Uh, maybe, you know, man, I'm just, you know, you need to know that so-and-so said this. Or someone just straight out says it straight to your face. And you're like, wait, hold on. And, and has, has, it, has that ever just, like, messed up your whole day? You know, like, man, like, 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 man I can't believe they said that about me. You know, uh, it, and, and it, just, it just gnaws at you if you don't do something with it. Maybe you, you, someone gossiped about you, and you go, that is not true, I'm not, and, it, and it just, and it's so frustrating, and we get so angry. Maybe it was a, a negative word that was spoken over you when you were a kid, and, and, and it, and it st seems to still have an effect on you. Maybe you don't even realize it, but, but it still does. It, it still does, yeah. 
you know, I could share, you guys have heard my stories about, you know, kind of growing up in our household and how, you know, it was a pretty dysfunctional household, alcoholic dad, and, and, and it was, you know, we had some struggles in the house. It was hard. It wasn't easy. And, uh, uh, but, but there was a time in my life where, where, you know, I had to deal with that and I had to kind of forgive and, and, and I was actually with a buddy of mine in, um, in Hong Kong and we were talking about life and talking about my childhood and, because he had said, man, what was it like for you growing up? And I told him, he said, he said, man, I can't, I, I can't believe that. I, I, I go, well, and he goes, well, how are you in that? I'm like, are you okay? Have you? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Nothing wrong with me, man. I'm good. I'm past all that. And, and he asked me a question. He said, have you ever forgiven your dad for all that stuff? And I said, uh, uh, no, nah, I don't know. Maybe. I think so. No, I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, 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 and words and the power of words, right? Things in your childhood that, 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 that hang with you. Uh, you ever said something, for those of you who are parents, you ever said something to your child that, that uh, your parents said to you, but it was something that you said, man, when I have kids, I'm never going to say that. And what do you do? You say it. You say it, right? And, and when you say it, you go, oh, man, you know, those things that, like, like, we say that don't make any sense at all until after we think about what we just said. Like, we say if everybody else jumps off a cliff, you can jump. Y'all never heard this? Okay, I'm just thinking, man, 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 we're like the only ones who heard this. My goodness, if everyone else jumps off a cliff, are you going to do it too? I mean, what kind of question is that? Like, like and now if a kid was like, no, I'm not going to jump off a cliff, Dad. Why would you even ask me that, right? Okay, but we say things like that, you know. If you don't be quiet, I'm going to pull over and make you walk. Uh, you know, you're like in Bart Baker, you know. You're not going to do that. I mean, come on. I mean, you might. I don't know, you know. <laughs> in July, you're stopping Baker. <laughs> you know, if you keep making that face, it'll get stuck. No, it won't. Why would you're lying to me, right? Why do we say things like that? You know, maybe something, you know, these are things that parents say. And you know what? I know some young people here, you're thinking, oh, my goodness. Yeah, wait till you have kids. You'll be saying that same thing. You'll be saying, you keep your face like that, I'll get stuck. And you remember this moment right here. You go, oh, no, he said I would say it anyway. Maybe it was something that you said to a spouse, and you heard a tone that sounded a lot like a dad or a mom, that it was not a healthy tone. Everybody remembers this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will. You know what? What a lie. What a lie. What a lie. I mean, who's, who said that? I want to know who said that first. Who's the first guy who said that? That's what I want to know, right? Patricia Evans wrote this. She said, for those who have suffered from verbal abuse know that words do hurt and can be as damaging as physical blows are to the body. The scars from verbal assaults can last for years. They're psychological scars that leave people unsure of themselves, unable to recognize their true value, their talents, and sometimes unable to adapt to life's many challenges. The words that we speak to ourselves. The men's breakfast yesterday had a wonderful time, guys. Wonderful time, wonderful time. Uh, again, to the, to the Tulsa, 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 and Oklahoma, that's fantastic. We're on to something with that, I don't know. Uh, what are you guys doing next month? You want to do something next month? No? We'll see, we'll see. Um, 
Manny Mathis, when, when I'm sure that, you know, their boy came and spoke, and, and, and he spoke about the most important preaching you do is to yourself. Really, the most important preaching you do is to yourself. The words we speak to ourselves have the power to shape our sense of value, determine our daily habits, and chart the course of our future. The words that we speak to ourselves. The power of words. The ability to set someone soaring to the heights, to encourage, to build up, to set free. What an amazing thing, what an amazing power we have at our disposal to use words. But oh, how lax we can be with them. Or how nonchalant we can be with them. Or how cold we can be with our words to others. Well, let's first talk about God's words. God's words. Make no mistake, and it is no mistake, that in the opening curtain of the Word of God, it starts with God speaking. It says, Genesis chapter 1, if you want to turn there. I'm reading out of the, um, I think it's New Living Translation. In the beginning, God, Elohim, created by forming, oh, the Amplified Bible, by forming from nothing. In the beginning, God, Genesis 1-1, created by forming from nothing, the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless and void, or a waste and emptiness and darkness was upon the face of the deep, the primeval ocean that covered the unformed earth. The Spirit of God was moving and hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. And then it says in verse 3, and God said, God spoke, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, pleasing and useful, and he affirmed and sustained it. And God separated the light, distinguishing it from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And, he was, and there was evening, and there was morning. One day, God said, God spoke. And when God spoke, he said, let there be, and there was. And then God called. Genesis chapter 1, God called is there twice. God said five times. The word said is ten times in chapter 1. God didn't have a blueprint for the universe and everything beyond. Uh, he didn't call together a committee to put this together. Could you imagine? Gather, if you would, the most brilliant scientists of all time. Take your top ten scientists. Gather them in counsel with God. And God presides at the meeting and says, okay, uh, boys and girls, here's what we're going to do. We're going to create the universe and everything beyond out of nothing. Now, what you got? Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we, we can't, we can't, we, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, see, we, we, we can't, we can't, um, you, <laughs> no, God, with all due respects, you don't, we, <laughs> how much time do we have on this? But we can't create anything out of nothing. Uh, 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 we, 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 so, so if that's your expectation, we're going to tell you right now we can't do it because we can't even get to the first step. Oh, no, God didn't need any of that. He didn't write anything down. He didn't have a committee meeting. He didn't have a blueprint. He simply, powerfully, amazingly spoke the word, and it was done. His words alone set motion, time, 
manner, and energy into existence when it wasn't before. Nelson Searcy, in his book, Tongue Pierce, says this, from the beginning of time, God's uh, words, God's words have been the tools that carry the power to create reality. God literally willed the world into existence, but his words started the process. God's will and God's word work in tandem. When God says, when his will desires something and he speaks it forth, it's done. It happens. Even if it hasn't happened then, it will happen. God said, let there be, and there was. That's all God has to do because his words are so powerful. All he has to do is, is, is speak it forth, and it is. And even if it's not there, he brings that which isn't in existence into existence. What an amazing godlike quality that has been given to you and me. Our words are powerful. Oh, I know, you might think I'm not a great speaker. I'm not an orator. I really can't, I don't have this vast vocabulary. That's not what I said. This is not a vocabulary class. Your words are powerful. They determine destiny. Did you know that? Your words determine destiny destiny. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, Jesus says, but I say to you, listen, that we'll come back to this at the end. Every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it on the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. We're going to come back to that. Your words determine our destiny. Our words stir up wrath. Proverbs 15.1 says this, A gentle response turns away anger, but a harsh word stirs up wrath. Our words can wound. Proverbs 26.22 says, The words of a whisperer are like dainty morsels. A gossip, a whisperer. They're like, Proverbs are like dainty morsels. Oh, tell me more. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Right? It says, and they go down into the innermost parts of the body, and they're really poisonous is what he's saying there. Did you know your words sustain? Isaiah chapter 50 verse 4 says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of disciples that I may know how to sustain the weary one with a word. That's a good word. That's a good word. And so the power of our words, the power of our tongue, our speech. Well, James... Um, is a pretty hardcore book, if you've ever read through it and studied the book of James. And um, he's writing to some believers who are having difficulty with their speech, among other things. And so in many different, at least four different instances, and in almost an entire chapter, he devotes that to our speech. Uh, because apparently these guys had some problems with that. And so um, it turns out, and this is a first major point I want you to get this morning, it turns out that they really didn't have a speech problem, but they had a heart problem. They didn't have a speech problem, as in, well, they always use profanity, or, uh, you know, there's lying and gossiping and slandering. Isn't it amazing how many sins are associated with this beast right here? I mean, think about it. 
How many times has this beast gotten us in trouble? And you may say, oh, if I just would have told him I love, why did I have this? Okay, we recognize that. They didn't have a speech problem. They had a heart problem because it turns out that what comes out here is really in here, in the core of who we are, our, our, our hearts, the seat of our emotions. What comes out here is really what's in here. Matthew chapter 12, verse 35, Jesus says, verse 34 and 35, he says, For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Can you say amen to that? You ever said something? You, you know what? You go, oh, I didn't mean that. No, no, you said it. Because you just can't say stuff like that if it's not in your heart. That's what makes, ugh, that's what it vomit when it comes out. You just can't bring it back. You just, it's hard. Have you ever done that? Anybody besides me? I'm just, I don't know, a couple of us here? Okay. James addresses that. You guys are liars, man. We'll get to lying in the next couple of weeks. Or you didn't hear me, or you're texting, or something. I don't know, which is fine. James chapter 3, verse 1. My brethren, James says, who's he talking to? My brethren. He's talking to the church. We're not talking to people down, you know, wherever. I don't know. It could be at your workplace. It had to be downtown, you know, somewhere in some back alley. or some could be any, any place. It could be in your home. He's talking to the church. And he says, my, my brethren... Uh, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, also uh, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are... Uh, uh, turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Verse 5, even so, the tongue is a small member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. James, lighten up, man. <laughs> okay, verse 7. For every kind of beast and bird of, of, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. Man. Okay, it's true, but boy, I tell you, James is hardcore. And so here's the first point out of that. If our tongue is under God's control... We take our words seriously. If our tongue is under God's control, we take our words seriously. James says, don't desire to teach, because when you teach, you will receive a stricter judgment, because you are using words 
to speak forth the things of God, and turns out God takes your words, especially when we're talking about him, very seriously. And so there's a stricter judgment. You want to make teaching so hard is because sometimes you teach on things that you know you ain't doing all that good. Oh, you didn't know that about me? I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I'm struggling in this, but I got to try to teach on it. And I'm like, here's the reality. I'm really doing a bad job of this, but by God's grace and by prayer, you know, okay, right? A stricter judgment. We're accountable to God for our words. Stricter accountability. The Amplified said there's a higher standard because we've assumed greater accountability and more condemnation if we teach incorrectly. Ooh, wow. Okay, secondly, if you control the tongue, you control the man or woman. Verse 2 says this. It says, for if we, we, we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. So we stumble in many things, but, but this right here, if, if you can control this, guess what? This controls the whole body. This is amazing stuff, and, and it's true. We give some examples of some very large things that are controlled by very small things. I mean, if you think about it, the tongue, the muscle, it's not very big in comparison to other organs, and yet, he says, this is what controls the whole body. Uh, the, uh, the, the Queen Mary, uh, 83,763 gross tons is controlled by a rudder that is 140 pounds. You can see the difference. Less than two-tenths of one percent. And so there's a question here. Who's in control? Right? Because a horse needs a rider. And with a relatively small bit, you can turn the most powerful of horses where you want them to go. Right? A ship needs a rudder. And a very small part of the ship can turn that whole aircraft carrier, you know, or whatever. Okay? And so, turns out, my tongue needs a master. My tongue needs a master. Now, there's a problem. <laughs> Verse 8 says, no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. You believe that? All right? No one can tame the tongue. There it is, folks. How you feel? That's it. There's the bad news. You can't tame it. Oh, you could try. You can't. You remember Isaiah when he saw the Lord high and lifted up in Isaiah chapter 6, and he said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. And what did Isaiah say? He said, Woe is me! I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. Interesting. And I dwell amongst the people who were unclean. And then you remember what happened? One of the angels, one of those mighty seraphim, flew to the altar, took, took a coal from the altar of God, and, and took it and placed it on his mouth. 
Isn't that interesting? Why the mouth? Oh, to, to, to codify it, to cleanse it, to say, okay, listen, we're going to cleanse you. And, and now go forth and speak, he says. Now, now go speak because your mouth has been cleansed. Man, well, how do we do that? How does that happen in my life? God take a coal from the altar to cleanse my mouth? Well, verse 9 through 12 goes on and tells us it's even worse than just that. Sometimes, James says, our tongue, it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who've been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. <laughs> not only can I not control my mouth, it turns out that my tongue is two-faced. <laughs> That's the only word I could think of. It's two-faced. On the one hand, I'm like, oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I can't stand that person. You know, anyway, oh, praise God. Like, the heck? How does that happen? Driving to church, you're driving somewhere. You know what? You got praise music on. You're praising the Lord. Hey, man, you're back to you, buddy. Get out of the Get out of the Praise the Lord. Tongue is two-faced. With it, I worship God and I curse. Maybe even others created in his image. God. James, did I mention this? James is speaking to those in the church. He's not talking to those who ain't at the at the prayer meeting. <laughs> not those who showed up. And he's saying that this two-faced speech is not consistent. In the Christian life, that's what he's saying. He's not saying be perfect, but he's saying it's not consistent in in in, in the Christian life. Well, are y'all ready for some good news? Now that you know the reality of how poor your speech is, let me ask you this question: Is anyone better qualified than the Holy Spirit of God to tame? Can anyone else do this? Can anyone else do this? Anyone? Any? Can you? Can you just like ha wake up one morning and say, you know what? I am not going to use that language anymore. It's not. I've had enough of it. Hey, yeah. oh, what? what Seven thirty rush hour. See how that goes for you. You. You might make it. Um, you know, one of the things that happened to me, and, and you know, growing up in, in, in our culture, um, there, there was this profanity became mainstream. Now, now I'm going to age myself and say we grew up in the Richard Pryor er era, for those who know him. And one of the things about Richard Pryor was that uh, he had a potty mouth, and he was, and he was famous for it. 
And so as little kids in junior high, man, we loved Richard Pryor. And you, I mean, I could say certain things right now, and half of y'all would know exactly what I'm talking about, right? I mean, because it's just, we just, I don't know, we just loved it. And, and then it changed our speech. And all of a sudden, everybody started using profanity. I mean, it was our common language. It was just, we, and then you mix that with the, with the athletic world. And I mean, in sports, at least in, in my time and at UNLV, every other word was a curse word. I mean, it got so bad now that at the high school level, that if you play and you say profanity, you get a technical foul. <laughs> they like, what'd you say? <clears throat> oh, I didn't, no, man, I just said, uh, no, I said, I said, okay, man, you know, uh, serious. And so, so, so profanity for me was just my native tongue. It really was. It really was. And then I got born again. And by God's grace, you know, I, I, I came into the kingdom of God. And it was so cool. So I'm talking to an old friend of mine, and, and after I become a Christian, and he says, man, he goes, Mike, what's, you're, you're different, man. You're different. Something's different about you. There's something different about the way you're speaking. And I remember, and I said, man, I have no idea. I, 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 I don't know. I can't tell you what it is. And he goes, I know what it is. You don't curse anymore. And I went, wow. I, I didn't even realize how much I used that language. And I didn't e even realize how just coming into the kingdom, God just began to clean it up. It wasn't something I even thought about. I didn't even think, well, I really shouldn't use language like that. I didn't. It just sort of happened. And I believe that's, that's, that's because of the Holy Spirit coming in me said, okay, you're a new creation, and by the way, we're going to work on that potty mouth of yours, okay? We're going to start to clean it up a little bit. And it wasn't just that. It was, it was profane things and other things as well that I would say, and just like, oh, man, what's wrong with you, man? And anyway, that was the real issue. The Holy Spirit is qualified above all else. See, you can just try to muzzle your mouth. I'm just not going to speak anymore. But guess what? You can't muzzle your heart because what is the real issue? See, my real issue wasn't the profanity or the coarse jokes or the things that I would say to try to get a reaction out of people. The issue was my heart. That was the issue. That was the core. So Colossians 4, 6 says this. For those who have come into the body of Christ... Words are powerful. It says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. The Amplified Bible says, let your speech at all times be gracious, pleasant, and winsome, seasoned, as it were, with salt, so that you may never be at a loss to know how you ought to answer anyone who puts a question to you. So, season your words with salt. Season them with the flavorings that, that come with graceful speech and with pleasant and winsome speech. And don't just wake up and say, today I'm going to speak pleasantly and winsomely. No, Holy Spirit, give me the ability to speak words that breathe life to others. Uh, let my speech be gracious, pleasant, and, and winsome. You know what that tells me is, is number one, Choose your words wisely. <laughs> Choose your words wisely. See, we have this thing, this person in us, sorry, person called the Holy Spirit who 
uh, when, when you become a follower of Christ, his spirit comes within you. And when, you, when, you, when you're about to say something that you know you shouldn't say, the Holy Spirit goes, ah, 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 whoop, 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 whoop. And, you know, sometimes we have these words we say, like we say, well, I know I shouldn't say this, but well, then don't say it. Oh, don't say it. Right? That's the Holy Spirit going, er, time out. Don't say that. Well, it ain't for me to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. No, you're not. <laughs> right? Okay. Choose your words wisely. And, and as a follower of Christ, he, he will, he will uh, he'll give you that check. It's a fraction of a second sometimes, but you know you have a choice. But it's so fun and overwhelmingly nice to gossip, isn't it? And to share your opinion or your criticism. It's so, there's something about it that just makes you feel really good because it's kind of how we are. You ever done that? You ever said, well, I didn't say anything. But anyway, and you say it, and then afterwards you think, why did I say that? convicted, you know, I'm sorry, Lord, you know, say, God, forgive me, and he forgives you. Choose your words wisely. Secondly, choose grace-filled words. Grace-filled words. Uh, choose those words. Uh, if, if someone paid you 10 cents for every kind word you said about people, and 5 cents for every unkind word would you be rich or poor? I don't know. Um, sometimes a small wor word can make a big difference in someone else's life. You know, just, just the other week, you know, I, uh, I'm an Apple fan, and, and I, 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 you know, I was going back and forth with tech support. How many of you guys love tech support? I'm like... Listen, man, I don't have three hours for this, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't, all right? Anyway, uh, so, you know, I, I, I called Apple, you know, I texted and I emailed, and I got, I got an email back, and it was a quick email. It was concise and sharp. It was right to the point. I was like, and I just sent a quick email back, a quick email back. You guys are the best, man. You know what? Thanks for the quick response. That was it. I got a big old paragraph back from Apple. You know, like, you know what, of the hundreds and hundreds of emails we get, it's, it's nice to know. And I'm like, okay, dude, I, listen, I didn't notice a coupon for anything at the bottom of this, so you could have, you know, if you really appreciated me, you could have gave me like 10% off, you know, on my next purchase, which is going to be tomorrow, as a matter of fact. You know. Sometimes, you know, sometimes when you're at that checker and, grumpy, and everybody else is mad at her, and she's mad at, you know what, you never know what's happened in her life today, she, it might have taken everything in her to even be there that day, and sometimes a kind word, and we'll talk more, you're going to be a lot of overlap over the next couple of weeks of the things that we talk about, sometimes a kind word, or a word of encouragement, we're going to talk about encouragement too, being encouragement givers, but choose grace-filled words, and you know what, Pray for the Holy Spirit to give you self-control. Holy Spirit. Because you know what? You can't tame the tongue. It's a restless evil, a world of iniquity. With it, we praise our God, our Father, and praise Him. 
It's a work of the Holy Spirit. It's a surrendering, a yielding of, 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 your, of your flesh because there's something about this that is very appealing to the flesh when we get stuff. It, it, it makes us feel good somehow. And, and, and so, hey, these grace-filled words and pray for the Holy Spirit to give you self-control. I love King David. King David says it this way in Psalm 141.3. He says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Uh, he says, God, close the door of my mouth if you need to. You know, wouldn't that be great if that happened automatically? Well, you know what I think. <clears throat> what do you think? Wouldn't that be great? You're about to say something, and you're just like, well, you know what? Hmm. 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 Well, that's awesome. Well, something like that happens with the Holy Spirit. Listen, um, sociologists uh, did this study, and they wanted to find out, in a very unique way, they wanted to find out what were the most powerful one word, two words, three words, or four words most powerful words, okay? Now, here's what they came up with. Number four, most powerful, according to their research, most powerful four words, once upon a time. Isn't that interesting? Interesting. Most powerful, okay? Most powerful three words. Anybody want to take a guess? Who said that? I love you. Yes. Yeah. Um, anybody want to guess most powerful two words? Thank you is a good one. I do. That's good. I'm sorry. I'm so Jesus, I would not have thought that. <laughs> I would have thought maybe your fault would be, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Most powerful word? Huh? Why? That's a good one. No. Who? Your name. Well, that's a real good one. Most powerful word. I mean, like, oops, that's, okay, oops colloquialism, but it'll work now. Huh? What? You're a school teacher, aren't you? You're correct, ma'am. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The most powerful word is I. No, no, I. No, that's a good one. Yes. I don't know if, if they were researching Christians or not, but, but this is most powerful word is I. Isn't that interesting? So anyway, all of these words, um, All of our words are significant. All of our words. All of our words are significant. Um, by God's grace, may we treat them as they are significant. All of our words. All of our words. Let me just close with this last scripture again. I told you we'd get back to this. Do you know that when we stand before Christ to give an account, before God Almighty, to give an account for, for our lives, they're not going to be watching the tapes of how you lived your life. Uh, 
they're not going to say, okay, well, listen now, you, you know, you stole 235 times, and then you lied uh, 8,955 times per year, and, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, there's not going to be a recording of any of that stuff, because it doesn't need to be. But Jesus says, Jesus says this, every idle word men may speak, they will give an account on the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. So, apart from Christ, the life giver, who makes us right with God, by grace and mercy, and not because we're better than anyone else, because we figured it out, apart from that, one would stand guilty for every idle word they have ever spoken in their life and be condemned not on the testimony of your actions but by your words because you cannot separate your words from your heart. Can you imagine Every time you said something idly, every time you gossiped or you slandered or you used profanity or you lied or whatever, every single word, because God knows all things. He knows every, God knows every single word we speak. And apart from Christ, we are with their mouth and believed in their heart because with your mouth you confess but you believe in your heart because the overflow of the mouth comes from the heart. Those who have believed and confessed through him we are not guilty by grace and faith. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. I am so can't ask me for forgiveness, go tell that person you're sorry, and don't do that again. Move on. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Especially with those closest to you. We pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we ask you in awe of you, <coughs> the, the creator of words, God, that, that you use words to initiate something out of into existence. And Lord, you say, now, my people, you, I will give you words. Speak things into existence. Use, use your words to build up and encourage the other people. Oh, God, may you, may you bring a revolution to our speech. We need it. I need it. I need it. I do. God, we thank you for your grace and for your mercy. Thank you for your love. And I just, 
anyone today that would say, man, I am so busted before God. I'm guilty. There's, there's no way out but Christ. And, and your heart is agreeing with you that you need to, to ask this forgiveness. You need to say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my words. Forgive my actions. Forgive me for my words, Lord. And, and this morning, you just say, man, that's me. I need that. I want to receive it. Um, I agree. I want to confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you, maybe you've never done that before, or maybe you've just been far from him. And your speech tells how far you are from him. But you're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm back. Lord, I receive forgiveness today. I, I, I receive uh, your love today, and I repent of my sins. If that's either of those, that's you. would you raise your hand? You, I just want to tell you, if you're anybody at all, we give you that opportunity. Anybody? Anybody? Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Father God, for your for your loving kindness, for your grace, for your mercy, we're thankful. We love you. Lord, we have nothing good to offer you but what you call us your sons and your daughters. And and Lord, that you have you, your words have given us infinite value. Uh, even when we don't feel like it. So by faith, we receive it. We receive your forgiveness today. And we say, Lord, this week, Holy Spirit, stop us and use us to speak your words, especially to those closest to us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen, amen. All right, now here we go. Here we go. Don't be calling me with no bad press now, you know, no bad emails. Uh, but may God strengthen you this week, and um, please stop by and pick up your donation letters from Miss Bernadette. Thank you for having all that together for us. And um, next week, we're excited. Uh, uh, Pastor Jonathan is going to be sharing the word, and uh, you know he's—I'm telling you—it's good. Uh, it has to do with—with with, uh, well, I'll, I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, you'll just have to come and check it out. Have a great week in Jesus.